Hello, and welcome to episode 441 of the Perceptive Photographer podcast. I am your host, Daniel Gregory. I really do appreciate you spending a few minutes of your week with me listening to the podcast, and I hope you are having a wonderful day, no matter what day of the week it is that you're listening to the podcast. But just as a reminder, the Perceptive Photographer is released every Monday. So if you are looking for new episodes, those drop on Mondays. Usually they drop in the morning, sometimes in the afternoon. Depends on my mood. But anyway, thanks again for joining me. Really do appreciate it. This week we are talking about framing as a part of understanding photographs. And when I talk about framing, I'm talking about the edges of your photographs, the top, bottom, left, and right sides of the photograph. And one of the things that framing is so interesting about is the frame ultimately decides what is included and excluded from the photograph. And one of the things that's really interesting in the conversation, I think, is oftentimes we don't necessarily think about the exclusion of things in the photograph as being significant and important. But in fact, a lot of times, what we don't include in the photograph is just as important as what we do include in the photograph. And so as you're thinking about your photography, as you're thinking about your frames, as you think about what you're including in the photograph, sometimes being hyper aware of what part of the story that's in front of you? What part of the elements of life that are in front of you are you excluding from that conversation? Are you using that exclusion to your benefit? For example, if you have a portrait of something, maybe it's a person, maybe it's an animal, and they're looking off screen, they're giving a glance back over their shoulder, they're clearly engaged with content that is not available or accessible to us as the viewer of that photograph. Is that helping or hindering the experience of looking at the photograph? Is our experience of looking at the photograph enhanced through that mystery of not necessarily knowing what that subject is looking for, what the subject matter is looking at in the photograph. And I think that's an important piece as you consider some of your framing elements. Again, my mind is going to fill in some of the blanks of a photograph. I'm going to think about emotion. I'm going to think about intent. I'm going to think about feeling. I might think about some of the elements of location and place and time. But one of the other things I'm going to consider there is what's expanded within that. So if you're thinking about uh, cutting off the corner of a river, cutting through the thing, the, cutting through the frame. Do I imagine that river extending on into infinity or is it coming to an abrupt stop? How are these different elements being used based on what's included within that content? Now, one of the other interesting things about the frame is that the frame is ultimately the boundary for how we consider composition. And so one of the important things I think in our hierarchy of thinking about how do we construct a photograph? How do we see a photograph and imagine a photograph, one of the things that the frame is predicated on is our point of view and our angle of view of our lens. Are we shooting with a wide angle lens, a telephoto lens, and where are we standing? And so as we pull those things together, once we decide on what is the edge of that image going to be, top to bottom, left to right, once we make that decision, we're now looking at compositional elements within that frame. How is line, shape, form, tone, luminosity pulling together to enhance our experience of the content of that frame. And I think what some of the times what happens to us when we get sort of sideways or cattywampus in our experience of a photograph, particularly one of our own photographs, is that we sometimes remember or we imagine composition extending beyond that frame that is informative. Oh, it should be obvious when you look at this that that line extends to this point in space. But it's not obvious because, again, if we're looking at the photograph, we're bound by the contents of that frame. We can extrapolate and imagine potentially what's outside of that frame, but we don't definitively know. But when we took the photograph, oftentimes we have the memory of what's in that frame or not in that frame. And those points together can create sort of a 
misunderstanding of what the experience of that photograph can be because we're again overlaying compositional concepts that we don't necessarily have or don't have within that experience. So as you're thinking about framing and composition, remember you're bound by those edges and in making a good composition, an interesting composition, a composition that holds the experience you'd like us to have, whether it's three-dimensional, more two-dimensional, how our eye gets led through the frame, how our eye gets led back and forth in the photograph, how we experience volumes of shape, all of those different elements come into play as key considerations, again, for how composition plays out within that frame. Now, one of the other key considerations there that I think we sometimes back ourselves into in a weird way is we end up cropping photographs. And I'm not opposed to cropping photographs. I know there are some photographers who are like, you get it right in camera and then you don't crop it. And that's the way it is. I'm not necessarily a fan of that because sometimes I'm taking a photograph where I can't get the crop I want because of the position of a, I don't know, a canyon in front of me, a steep cliff drop, a big ocean wave, something that's impeding my ability to get to where I want. So I know I'm going to crop the frame a little bit. That experience of cropping, though, again, then becomes a reassessment of the edges of the photograph. Cropping is reframing. When we reframe that photograph and whether we hold the same aspect ratio or we change the aspect ratio, maybe we go from three to two to one to one, whatever we're doing there, we are fundamentally shifting the frame of the image. And again, when we start to think about frame and we start to think about the experience of that photograph, inclusion and exclusion, a lot of times I hear people say, oh, well, I cropped it because there was an annoying tree off to the side. And again, part of learning to be a better photographer is learning to see that tree before we click the shutter and assessing, is it possible to get rid of the tree before I click the shutter? Or is it only possible to get rid of in cropping slash spot healing or whatever? But in that sense of what is in that frame when I crop in, again, it's about, again, the strength of that frame first and then the composition second. So sometimes I think we crop thinking about making a better composition without holding the awareness of what is the impact of that change of the edge. Again, I'm excluding a distraction, but I'm also now changing proportion and dimension and impact of the composition. So what at one point was maybe a really strong line is now weakened because of the change in the frame introduced by the crop. And I think one of the ways we deal with the assessment of that notion of what that crop does is this goes to a little bit about how we frame as well. But I think one of the assessment skills that benefits many of us is to start to think about what is the meaning of the objects of composition within that frame. And what I mean by that is each little element of that photograph is either aiding, diminishing, or holding no real impact to the experience of that photograph. As we look through the photograph, is light and tone affecting how we see shape and dimension? Is emotion being driven by the quality of light? Is line leading somewhere? Is color changing our mood? Is it creating a sense of calm or anxiety? What are the different things that these compositional elements are doing within that frame? So as we think about looking at a scene and we think about composing that scene, we've decided on the frame. We're now thinking about composition. What is each one of those elements? What are the breakdown of those elements? And again, we don't have to do this to the a billionth nth degree, but at a high level, if we look at the dominant shapes, the dominant lines, the dominant sense of light, what do those things mean? Do they contribute to the meaning and experience or not? And if they don't, can I change the frame before I click the shutter 
to account for that? Or is this something that I'm aware of that I'm going to need to deal with in processing of the image ultimately for that final output? Either way, it's probably okay in the overall concept. But knowing what those elements are and the amount of work that we're going to have within those elements becomes critical. I think one of the other things that that's so important for is sometimes when we're cropping, what we're cropping for is sort of this aesthetic, pleasing aesthetic effect. We're sort of thinking about what is the nature and concept of how do I feel when I look at the photograph? Again, without ascertaining what is the impact of the loss of these objects within the frame when I do crop? Are we inadvertently cropping something out because we don't like the angle on the one side, the tree branch coming in on the left, but we want to hold a three by two aspect ratio. So that's now costing me something on the top of the frame that is visually significant to the photograph. It is important to the way we experience the photograph, but I'm now having to sacrifice something of importance to get rid of something that's not important or is a distraction. So understanding the meaning of these objects within your composition and how those then relate to how we experience what was framed, I think is an important foundation to making better photographs. Again, because we're responsible for that left, right, top, bottom edge of the photograph. It sets the boundary for how we experience the photograph. And that boundary, again, is malleable because we can think about things that potentially aren't in the photograph given composition, elements, gesture, things like that. But they're at the foundation of how we experience those photographs. So something to consider. All right, one other thing I'd love for you to consider, and this is just a favor, and I don't try to ask for a lot of favors in the podcast. You know, I don't make you listen to a lot of ads or anything like that in support of the podcast because that's not the kind of family we are. We just share things. But I would like to share that I would like you to stop clicking on headlines about photography news related to what is the best camera brand out there. Because I'm tired of those news things filtering to the top of my photo news feed. So I use Feedly to actually watch my news. And lately I've been seeing a lot more headlines coming up about this is the best photo brand. And it's driving me a little crazy. I want to get back to looking at headlines that don't involve just gear. So could you please stop clicking on clickbait about what is the best photographic brand? I'm just going to go ahead and answer the question for you. Whatever brand you're shooting with now, whatever photographs you're making now, that's the best brand because it's the one you have. It's the one you're using. It's the one you're excited about. So don't worry about the other brands. Whatever you have is perfect. So please stop clicking on those headlines. It would just really help me really just feel better about myself when I look at those headlines in my Feedly newsfeed on photography. All right. So that's it for the podcast. A little bit about framing and a little personal appeal for you and what you click on, on the internet, even though I have no control, but I really do appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I do really appreciate it. I'm going to be coming up with my newsletter. For those of you who missed my color theory webinar, I am going to post that up here to my website here shortly. So there'll be a chance to rewatch that if you missed it or rewatch it if you did hear it. And I'll be having a couple of other webinars coming up here shortly. I'll make sure I announce those in the podcast. I'm just putting the final touches, touches on the outline to make sure that I can put together a really nice, cohesive, concise hour of information. So those are forthcoming. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. Really do appreciate it. And I'll see you next time.